Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit Starlings, podcast 290. This time I have a note about Destiny 2's PC beta, and I have quite a bit to say about XCOM 2's expansion, War of the Chosen. Spoiler, pretty much everything is awesome. And that's really it. I'm feeling kind of sick, and it's like a million degrees, so I'm probably going to start sweating in about five minutes. So I'll probably be uh, pretty short and quick-like. But hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. I guess I can start with the comments for the Destiny 2 PC beta because I don't really have much to say. Pretty much it was Destiny as we expected it to be. But what was unsure for me uh, is because, you know, my laptop is three and a half years old and it's way, way less powerful than uh, the recommended specs. I get like 3,500 benchmarks and the recommended specs are around 11,000 benchmarks. So I'm quite a bit behind in terms of power. But uh, to my super happy surprise at the default settings, it ran super fast. It seemed like it was flying along. I expect they probably targeted a higher frame rate because something like that you want a faster frame rate. And it didn't look bad. It looked uh, actually better than my PS4 version uh, for Destiny 1 in terms of you know clarity of textures and such. So that was a bit surprising. Uh, both in that it ran totally fine, and then it looked uh, better than the PS4. I wasn't expecting that. So that is super great news. But like I said, Destiny being Destiny, it was pretty much what I expected. It was uh, a lot cooler uh, than I expected. There was a lot of griping about, oh, it's not really changed, it's just Destiny 1. But it's not. That That's not true. It is uh, quite a bit different. It felt very different. Uh, honestly, it felt like what I was kind of expecting Destiny 1 would have felt and looked like. Uh, Destiny 1 felt a little bit uh, too small in scope uh, for me all the time. Destiny 2 seems like about uh, where I expect it to be slash where it should be, in my opinion. It's kind of really hard to tell how it will be uh, you know, in the final game, because they just give you the first uh, return to the city as it's being attacked mission. And there's one uh, three-player dungeon, and then like a couple of PvP things, which I had zero interest in, so I didn't even do those. But the story mission took about, I think about ten minutes to get through. It was pretty quick. There were a couple cutscenes uh, slash story bits. And uh, the main uh, three-player dungeon, as it were, uh, took about 15 minutes, I think, on my first run, and then second run. Uh, the players were kind of bad, and so they died a lot, and we failed a couple times. And that took, I think, about 25 minutes to get through. But in general, it was really quick. There wasn't a whole lot you could see. You couldn't do any character creation. Uh, not that that would really matter. I mean, it's just, you know, oh, look at what this guy looks like. You know, big deal. 
I care about how my character looks quite a bit, but you know it doesn't really impact gameplay at all. Especially since you put on a helmet, poof, all those choices you made uh, become irrelevant. But look good, it played well, it was what I expected, and uh, it was Destiny 2, and I'm looking forward to the final game very much. It does look like the library is firewalling it, which is uh, very sad news for me, because that means I'm restricted to uh, playing at the food store or uh, at school, which I don't think I'll be at all that much uh, this next quarter, because I'll have one class, which is on a single day uh, in one block, and the dean is not letting my uh, teacher have uh, me or anybody else as a TA, so there's not going to be really anything for me to do besides that one class. So I don't know. I'll probably go a couple of other days to uh, get food and just kind of hang out and uh, apparently play the game that is firewall blocked. But I don't know if I'm not there, you know, to help other students and, you know, guide them through their classes. uh, You know, what's the point in me being there extra if I'm not uh, doing anything for other people? I'm just there for me. You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, that's still almost a month away. It's at the end of the month, like 23rd, because when school opens. Anyways, uh, getting off track there. But it looks uh, super good, and my laptop seems to play very easily, so a lot of people shouldn't have any issues with playing. But like I said, a lot of the changes with how the map is going to be done and how the missions are going to flow, we have no idea, because we didn't get to see any of that. But I like it enough to know that it will be uh, worth the money, and certainly uh, something very enjoyable for the next year until Anthem comes out, uh, which I think I will be very, very into. Um, but I'd be surprised if my laptop could run Anthem. Anyways, that's uh, a year from now. So, uh, yeah, I would recommend Destiny 2 if you enjoyed the first one. XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. Oh my god, so much to say about it. I have only played probably about 10 hours, so I've not gotten that far into it. In terms of game time, I just ended like the third or fourth month. I'm in like uh, June, I think. So I'm not that far into it. But I have seen quite a bit to talk about. Uh, Not really in any order, so uh, sorry on that. Just going to be kind of general rambling about the changes and the new stuff. The first big thing is change, uh, kind of more like a bug patch, I guess you could call it. Uh, missions used to take uh, anywhere from about 30 seconds to, I would guess, maybe a minute and a half for me to load. But with War of the Chosen, that is completely, totally fixed. Uh, now, every load into a mission or you know, load out of a mission back to your base is typically around 5 or 10 seconds. It's usually loaded before the screen even shows up, you know, in that sort of fade out, fade in that it does. It's usually done loading already. So no more issues about that. It's super fast loading, and there's no more problems. And my hardware didn't change. Uh, Nothing has changed in my system. 
I guess the only thing that even has changed would be I've updated to Windows 10 from Windows 7. Uh, I think that happened. Uh, it, it's been a while, so I don't remember when exactly I played the first base XCOM 2 game. But in terms of my system, I haven't upgraded my RAM. The SSD is the same SSD as I used before. So none of my hardware changes. So this is all uh, game side bug fixes, as it were. The new map areas, and even a lot of sort of the old uh, sort of maps uh, in terms of texture and sort of zone they had, uh, all look really amazing. Even on my uh, somewhat lowered setting, I think War of the Chosen set itself a little bit lower than I had it set before, but it looks really, really amazing. Everything is super detailed and super good looking. And at my few months in now, uh, when I go to certain sites, like I just did one that was a um, sort of an advent-controlled facility, one of those, you know, raid, and, and you lower the avatar project, uh, you know, pips. You know, you, you beat the mission, you lower the pips, that mission. Uh, the landscape was all, like, super alien-looking. It wasn't quite uh, to the extent of, like, endgame super alien landscape, but a lot of the ground was sort of covered in little purple flowers, and there were a couple little... Uh, Bushes, I guess you could call them. They were more like uprisings in the ground that had like glowing stuff in them. So that was all really cool to see. One new thing they've added, which is super cool, is this thing you're calling soldier bonds. And when your soldiers fight together, they sort of form these connections. I'm not quite sure how it uh, figures it out. It's probably partly based on class and partly based on uh, random other factors. But anyways, uh, if you click on that, uh, you can see who the soldier likes. And it's sort of like a little mini game as to who likes who. But when they get to a certain point in how much they like another person, you can have them form a bond. Now, because this takes uh, sort of an invisible number uh, on the soldiers, I, I mean, you know, I guess you could look up the number, but I haven't looked for it. And they have to have a special building. My guys only hit level one bond. Uh, and I think I've got three pairs of people bonded. But it's cool to see because it says they get bonuses. I'm not sure what kind of bonuses those are. But one of the activatable abilities they do get is each person in that bond. So say you have Joe and Mary. Joe and Mary both automatically get this thing at the level one bond where they can give one of their actions to the other person basically. So if somebody's in a better position, uh, you want them to move and then shoot, and then their bond person is maybe around the corner, they don't have a shot, they can just like move once and then do the bond action and say, hey, uh, partner, go uh, shoot the guy again. And so that really is very cool. It allows strategy to change up. It allows you to sort of pick, oh, I want this person and this person paired together on this mission. And so it kind of adds this sort of, squad strategic layer in terms of who's going when if somebody gets wounded maybe you don't want to take their uh, bonded pair person out and use a different pair instead so that's really cool to see a sort of a bond I guess you could call it uh, between the soldiers and reasons to sort of pick certain people over other people other than just oh this guy's this class and this guy's this class another new thing is traits which, as far as I can tell, are all negative. And these are sort of the result of stress of combat. Like, one person got 
caught on fire, and so he became afraid of fire, quote-unquote, in his trait. And so that, like, increased his chance to panic if there was fire in the area or somebody caught on fire, and somebody else got a fear of the the mutons, I think they're called, where uh, <laughs> if there was one on the field, he had a chance to panic. So these are really cool. You can get rid of them if you put a soldier into the infirmary for, I think it's like five days. So they're not a huge deal to get cleared off. But again, that's a reason to take a soldier on or not on a mission, and you want to make sure they don't get too many negative traits. I don't know if they can get multiple ones, but I'm sure they could. So it's cool. Another layer to watch out for. But they aren't so overwhelmingly bad. You're like, oh my god, i got to rethink my whole strategy about who's going on this mission and look up their traits. And It's not quite that terrible, uh, but it is this cool additional layer of, oh no, this person was afraid of that and they're triggered. Oh, they're panicked now. So that's pretty cool. The factions, of course, are one of the new big things. And once you build a meeting room in your Avenger ship, uh, you get access to these faction orders as they're called and when you first find your uh, first faction person you'll have your XCOM orders and then that one faction and each of them will have two sort of slottable I guess you could call them cards but these are you know orders uh, into a spot and when you first unlock this you're only going to have one spot but you'll have you know four possible options that are bonus things that happen throughout the month just regardless of whatever. As an example, the one I pretty much stuck with the whole time for uh, my game so far, I'm playing Iron Man, so I uh, haven't <laughs> TPK'd yet. But the main orders I've been using are, I think it's like plus three movement uh, during the first few turns if you are still in concealment. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, another option I have is like plus 15% income. And I have uh, a few other ones from different factions that are like plus two power to the ship. And I think uh, just right before I shut down last night, I had unlocked sort of the next rank of that. Uh, I've got all of the factions now. And I have two slots for XCOM orders and then uh, one slot for the Reapers, I think it is. So that's pretty cool. That gives you sort of ongoing bonuses that you can work towards. And there's another uh, new thing they've added called Covert Missions, which can unlock uh, more orders. I think it's random. I don't think it tells you what order you're going to unlock. But these Covert Missions are kind of like what if XCOM 2 had sort of a energy-based mobile game. You say, I want to take this soldier and this soldier and go on this mission... And then they're sort of off your ship and uh, out of combat, as it were, because they're off doing whatever it is they're doing. Uh, and this thing they can do uh, will do all kinds of cool things. Uh, usually I'll go for things like lowered avatar project status, or uh, they can reveal uh, a factory uh, where, you know, you beat the factory mission, you get lowered avatar status. Or uh, just now I think I have some people working for the Reapers, uh, that is like the fourth or fifth mission in for the Reapers that will unlock the ability to actually uh, train and hire uh, Reapers for my uh, you know, main army. Because you only get the one hero person uh, and then you have to work towards unlocking that class. So the new faction stuff is very cool. I like it quite a bit. 
it adds a lot more to the sort of strategic layer uh, in the early game. I expect once I can hire their uh, soldiers, it will change it more on the combat side of things. But that is very super cool. I like those ads. Adds cool new stuff to the sort of board game aspect. Speaking of the board game aspect in combat, the Chosen are, of course, the main uh, boss-like bad guys that are the big deal for this expansion. They change both of those. Uh, in combat, they are super tough, and they have sort of randomized buffs and, I guess, debuffs. You know, they have advantages and disadvantages to each one. They're randomized uh, each game, and those are pretty cool. Uh, some of those are like they will be immune to reaction shots, you know, so there's no point in putting your people in Overwatch if the only thing you're fighting is the Chosen because they're just going to ignore it. And examples of, like, negative things are uh, they're vulnerable to explosive damage or they're vulnerable to uh, Reapers. Reapers will do extra damage to them. So it's really cool to see sort of that boss-like creature which has cool and interesting uh, abilities in addition to uh, whatever that Chosen is. I had a bug with my main game, so I started a second game, though uh, I went back to the main game and it's fine now, I don't know, it's weird. But <laughs> both games, I had the same sort of assassin person start the game, so I don't know if she's fixed with the sort of tutorial that they have for the expansion, and if you turn off uh, that tutorial, if it'll be random, I would assume so, because that's how sort of the main game was. But for both times with the tutorial on, uh, I got the assassin first. And over the course of the game, you will run into the other ones, because they're pretty much spread out through the globe, I would guess. And the cool thing they do, for the strategic layer, is they sort of take over the area. Like, with the main game I'm playing, she had control of one area. And it was lowering the income of that area uh, once I'd revealed her. And then slowly over the past few months, she's moved into, I think, two other areas. And she's lowering their income as well. And uh, she's unlocked uh, this uh, espionage uh, trait for herself, which allows her to infiltrate the Avenger and uh, cause sabotage. And then that will wound a scientist or engineer. And then whatever they were doing, uh, you know, slowed down or stopped because they are injured. So it's a cool way to affect uh, what your base is doing without, you know, directly attacking your base uh, in a combat way. So again, that really changes the strategy layer, makes it very cool. And all these new things have little icons on the board. And so, you know, it's more board gamey. And I like that. I could see how some people might not like that. One kind of cool, funny thing, which I guess you can turn off if you don't like it. It's an option. Uh, is that the Chosen will actually taunt you on sort of the strategy layer. They'll comment on how they think you're doing bad or how your efforts are pointless. And when you come out of a mission, there's sort of propaganda that pops up that there'll be a little news broadcast about, oh, this was just a training mission. Oh, here's these dumb XCOM rebels stirring up trouble again. And those are pretty funny. I like them. Uh, like I said, you can turn them off if you don't like them. But I think it's pretty cool to see uh, sort of the bad guys taunting you. Because it sort of makes a single-player game uh, that has a board game aspect feel more like, you know, an actual multiplayer game 
where there's, you know, your buddies sitting across the table from you playing the bad guys. It's kind of cool. I like it. There are some new mission types, and the older mission types have actually changed. So all of the gameplay in terms of here's the map, here's the goal, and this is how the goal plays out are all a little bit different. Um, I wouldn't say they're completely different, but they are different enough. They feel like they are totally different missions. Like the... can't remember the name of the type of the mission right now. I think it's Terror Mission, uh, where they go in... Not the one with the chrysalids, I haven't seen them yet. But the ones where they're fighting the resistance uh, base. That used to be just sort of a go in and tag the people and they just sort of stood there. Now it's like, here's the first group of resistance members over here. There's five of them, they're fighting off some advent people. Uh, go get to them and help them out. And so you're spending your first few turns getting up there and setting up. And while it's not your turn, uh, both... The bad guys get to go, and uh, the reinforcements of the Exum uh, sort of resistance there are fighting on their own uh, as AI. So that is very cool to see that they're actually, you know, actively fighting and stuff instead of just standing there going, oh, help me, help me. So that's very cool. And another mission I got was to kill a, a special operative, and the map was entirely revealed already. I knew uh, everything on the map. Uh, which was weird, but it also added this new layer of, hmm, okay, these guys are here, these guys are here, I want to set up, I want to move like this, and then uh, ran into the guy who was not revealed on the map. And then it's like, oh, uh-oh, uh, now we have this many turns to kill the guy, or he escapes, so that changed things up. So these uh, new missions and maps are very cool. Uh, they're also much larger than the previous game, so that is very cool. The new factions do get skills in a different way than uh, base XCOM heroes do. I guess it's sort of similar to the way they have PSYOPs uh, gain their skills in that as they level up, they get a certain number of points, and these points can unlock uh, skills on their tree uh, wherever. It doesn't have to be the new rank. It could be an old rank as well. And on top of that, as you gain experience, you gain sort of this common pool. So... Uh, say a soldier has 10 points and they want to unlock two skills, they can use 10 points of their own and then 10 points from the common pool. So that's really cool to see. I like that. That's interesting and different. And if you want to push a soldier and give him more points from the common pool to give him more skills, you can do that. That's pretty cool. Uh, so I really like that. It seems weird that the XCOM soldiers themselves are still in the old. You rank up, you get a pick between this or this skill, and that's it. But I get it. Uh, it leaves the new factions uh, unique feeling. It's probably why they did that. They probably didn't want to feel that, oh, they're just different, but now everybody gets this new experience. So I get it not being universal, but it seems kind of sad uh, to have the XCOM units in the old way and the new units in the new way. and you know, the new way seems better enough that I would have liked to have seen all the XCOM guys be redone uh, in new fashion with uh, some new skill options. That would be really cool. Uh, maybe for XCOM 3, probably they would do that. Research is basically the same, but there's this new sort of inspired event, I guess. <laughs> when they get done with one, they can be inspired for another one which can greatly reduce the amount of time that it will take to research the new thing. 
but it kind of felt like I was getting forced down a particular path of always taking the inspired uh, research option instead of whatever. Uh, it happened to be ones I would pick anyways, so I guess that's okay. It's a fairly linear tree. That always kind of bothered me. I always kind of wished it had more branchable options. But I guess in this kind of game, you want to keep it sort of, you know, limited in what the options are. But that's a cool new change. I like that uh, quite a bit. I haven't seen, like I said, a whole lot of options in it. It seems like you always just want to take the inspired choice. But uh, who knows? Uh, other people might do their tech differently than me. But overall, I love the expansion. Everything I've seen about it has been an improvement, uh, which is kind of a surprise because usually with an expansion, uh, it has higher spec requirements. And, you know, if you're especially on older hardware like me, it's not always surprised to be like, oh, my system doesn't run the expansion as well because they upgraded stuff. That's actually the opposite of the case this time, which I think might be the first time ever I've seen that happen, that it runs better than the base game. So if you are into XCOM 2, uh, I would highly recommend picking it up. If you're still on XCOM 1 and you never picked up XCOM 2, absolutely pick it up. It's It's got all kinds of new... Uh, cool stuff that it's added to it and just the whole change between XCOM 1 and 2 you know adding that board game strategy layer makes it very very different and cool to play and I can't recommend it enough I don't know if I'd say uh, you know run right out and pay the full price for it kind of like I did but you know then somebody got it for my birthday so that was cool um, you might want well to wait for it to go on sale like uh, 25 to 30 it would be absolutely a killer deal 40 it's still a solid purchase, but seems a little pricey. Um, but there are enough changes to warrant uh, that price and feel good about paying it. And that's it uh, for my thoughts now. Uh, maybe, you know, in two weeks when I do another podcast, I'll have more to say about it. But those are pretty much the base core changes and all the cool stuff about the new expansion. So as I said, it is super hot. I am super sweaty, which is, uh, you know, always terrible. Because I'm recording in my car in the sun, and I have to close the windows to make it a recording-ish studio-like environment. So, sweating. We. Um, I sound probably pretty good uh, emotionally. I, you might be able to hear my voice is a little off. It's because I've been uh, sniffling and sneezing uh, quite a bit lately, especially now with my car closed. Uh, my nose is running like crazy. But emotionally, um, you know, I'm happy because of the birthday presents. Uh, I did also pick up uh, Morrowind uh, for Elder Scrolls Online, so I'm current on that again. Uh, not a lot to say about that, really. Uh, it's more content, uh, basically. They added a new class, which is really cool. Gives you an option for healers if you're not into the Templar. And I could see how it would be a little bit better focused for sort of magicka-based stuff if you're into sort of a caster-type character, not so into sort of melee close-up stuff. Uh, the Warden would probably be 
a good choice for that. Uh, they do have a tree dedicated to sort of melee tanking, so that certainly is an option if you want to go with that. But most of that stuff is uh, not a whole lot. Of, I mean, it's like a mix of here's these two tanking abilities and here's a couple of sort of ranged uh, damage abilities. So it's not like, you know, all the abilities of this tree are amazing for tanking. It's like, okay, I could see how uh, maybe these two abilities and these passives would be good for tanking. So it's a good option for people who want to do that. Uh, you know, sort of Templar-like in that it's flexible either way, but certainly looks more uh, to be sort of the ranged, caster sort of build, uh, either for healing or DPS. But, um, yeah, emotionally, you know, I'm, I'm good uh, with my games, super happy. But uh, lately I've been, again, uh, fearing death quite a bit and having uh, more panic attacks and sort of shaken from that quite a bit. I'm sort of on edge uh, quite a lot lately. Probably three or four times in the past couple of weeks I've had sort of, you know, minor panic attacks where I, I worry about what time I have left and is this it for me and, you know, am I going to get those 40 years or not? And if I do, you know, are they going to be something uh, back in a home uh, with friends being able to do stuff I really enjoy or is it just going to be like now where I'm just barely hanging on and ugh, terrible. So super sad uh, with that, but not anything anybody can help with. I have money for the moment. I uh, got quite a bit of boosting for my birthday, but I would say probably the money I have left will last maybe sort of to the end of the month and then it will run out. And then I've got things, you know, to worry about too. Like I've got my car insurance coming up in October to worry about. And, uh, you know, everyday costs of, you know, gas and stuff that are going to come up uh, sooner rather than later. So starting to worry about that, but not uh, not quite in a panic about it yet. But since I'm <laughs> sweating and hot and my nose is running and everything is terrible, I will probably uh, close this out pretty quickly. And hopefully... I'll see everybody next time. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but um, we'll see, I guess. And hopefully, I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. The new merp, merp, merp connections. Not quite sure how it uh, figures it out. It's probably partly bleeped. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you like my page you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on youtube at rabbit dot com i have a page on patreon 
at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Derivatives License 2017.